Guys, I want to thank the sponsors of the podcast. I want to thank GoHunt.com, my friend Cody Nelson, the glassing guru, the optics authority. He's the optics manager at GoHunt.com. If you have any interest in buying optics or have any glassing questions, whether it be tripods, spotting scopes, rifle scopes, range finders, anything to do with glassing, give Cody a call, 702-847-8747, that's extension 2, or you can email him at optics at gohunt.com. You can also send him a text or call him on his cell phone at 602-399-3699. Guys, right now at GoHunt.com Insider, you can take advantage of the free trial. Go to GoHunt.com forward slash Scott. You're going to be able to take advantage of a free trial of the Insider. GoHunt is always adding more value for their Insider members. They've now added real 3D maps as a part of Insider for no additional cost. What an incredible value. Very soon, they're going to have their mobile app up as well. Go to GoHunt.com forward slash Scott and sign up for a free trial. If you're already an Insider member, it's automatically part of your Insider membership. And you can just go to the Maps tab up at the top once you sign in as an Insider. I also want to thank Kuyu Ultralight Hunting. That's the gear that I wear on all of my hunts. To find out more, you can go to KUIU.com, Kuyu.com. They're a direct-to-consumer company. They sell everything off of the Kuyu.com website. I also do a lot of question and answer on my Instagram where I'm answering questions about guys wanting to know about gear about Kuyu, so tune into my Instagram. I want to thank Kuyu for their sponsorship. I also want to thank Phonescope.com. Use the JScott20 promo code. You're going to get a 10% discount on all orders. Again, thanks to all the sponsors of my podcast. Guys, welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. I'm recording this uh, mobily. I'm in Colorado at the Ot6 Ranch. I've got Jason Bond of Bond Trophy Outfitters on the phone. Um, Jason, how you doing? I'm doing good, Jay. Uh, I want to chat with you about the Arizona elk season. Uh, from all indication, everyone's saying it was pretty rough. Tell us where you were, how it went. Yeah, I started out in... Uh... 10 on the archer bull hunt you know opening day for uh the first seven days and it was pretty typical what everybody was describing um and kind of what everybody's preached over the last few years when you get that lack of summer rains i think we miss out on a lot of uh rut activity or at least it's a slower rut to get going um but yeah started in 10 and i i think you know total in seven days of hunting we killed a bull uh, last day um but yeah i think i think we heard three bugles maybe four bugles in the daylight that's unbelievable um, so, i mean unit 10 is known for a unit that they bugle really really well so i assume yep. if they were not going well in 10 the rest of the state's going to have pretty dismal reports when you got to the unit as far as feed conditions how did the unit actually look to your eye you know I, the feed looked bad i mean it's dried out kind of burned up uh, juniper berries were pretty thick, and that's what seemed the elk or the bull, big bulls seemed to be eating. Um, smaller bulls were pushing some cows and, you know, just moving around kind of the grassland type stuff. But those bigger bulls seemed to stay pretty tight in the juniper trees and just hung on the juniper berries. Uh, a lot of dry dirt tanks. Um, Jason, I'm kind of losing you a little bit. 
Can you hear me now? Yeah, I don't know if you just pulled your mouth away from the microphone. Um, okay. So that first week, you didn't see a whole lot of running activity. You only heard three bugles. Uh, so I assume you had to kind of use the, uh, you know, get up high and spot them and, and move a guy in or sit water, or what was your plan? Exactly. We were hunting a bull that we've hunted the past three years or so, and, and uh, he showed up, you know, like clockwork every year. Um, I posted a video of him today, and he just hung by himself, never picked up any cows. We could glass him up every day, but he was in some real thick stuff. And, I mean, I could get up high and I could glass up 10 to 20 bulls every morning, every evening. Um, so it wasn't by lack of bulls around. It was just, it was like hunting them in November or, or July. I mean, they just stood there and fed and no hurry to go anywhere. Um, we had set some water and had some bulls come into that, but not the bulls we were after. Um, they were coming in after dark. Uh, but, you know, they started rolling a bit in the mud about the third day of the hunt. You know, wallows started showing up about everywhere. Um, but just super quiet. You know, tough tough year to go chasing bugles through the trees, that's for sure. What um, have you heard as far as reports in 10 after you left for that second week? Did, did things pick up at all, or did it, did it just kind of stay the same? I think it picked up a little bit. Um, I talked to some guys out there. They said it had picked up a little bit. Uh, some of the bigger bulls picked up some cows, and I've seen some, you know, heard some rutting activity going on out there. So I think these early rifle guys are getting a shot at it. I, You know, there's definitely been some good bulls killed. Uh you know, I, I just think we were a couple of weeks early this year on that archery hunt. And from every report I've heard, you know, seven west, eight, uh, everywhere. I mean, it's just been a grind, you know, as far as as far as your typical September hunt goes and where you want to you want to be out there chasing bugles. And, you know, you're just not getting it. Looking forward, that, uh, I would assume with the lackluster rut, the antlers uh, probably didn't break too much obviously we'll get some of that here in early october as you know they finally kick in if if you will uh but is there any positive note to the fact that maybe some bulls for these late hunters uh, didn't break and maybe it'll make the late hunt a little bit better yeah i i think it's going to make it a lot better uh i also think you know with the lower success rate which i've got to think happened this year i mean just the the amount of bulls killed is just not there so i think the uh muzzleloader you know, 10 hunt in November is going to be awesome. Um, that's, you know, the November 6th. Uh, and then they got that late archery hunt and then the late rifle hunt. I, I think guys are going to have a better than average year this year on, on unbroken bulls and also the amount of bulls that made it through the archery hunt. So I, I, I think it's going to be good. Um, definitely something to look forward to. Yeah. What about, uh, did you do any early rifle stuff? I think you spent a little time in 5B North. Yeah, I was in 5B North on that archery hunt. I didn't have any rifle hunters this year on, on early rifle, uh, which was unfortunate. I would love to have a 10 guy, you know, to go out and kill that bull, um, but didn't have one. So I was out in 5B. They bumped that hunt back to the 18th on the start date. So it started a week after the 10 hunt. We didn't start hunting until the 21st. So we took the first weekend off and got going on the 21st and, it was hit or miss out there also, um, even on the 21st. Uh, you know, we out of, out of, oh, six days or so, you know, about every other day was good. One evening was good. You know, you'd have a good morning and then a nothing morning and then a good morning. 
uh, so it was just real hit or miss on that too. But it it did pick up a little bit um, near near in the end of that hunt. Right now, uh, the guys that are still out there are probably getting into some better bugling right now on that archery hunt. So there was definitely some you know great bulls in five B North also five um, B South. You know same thing had some great bulls in it. Uh, I I think the the antler growth was there this year. It's just you know the bulls didn't cooperate on what we want them to cooperate with. In that 5B unit, I know they started the archery hunt late. Correct me if I'm wrong, but did the rifle hunt go first in that unit? 5B South, they had okay. that early uh, muzzleloader hunt. 5B how, North how did didn't it go? Anything go on. You know, it went well. I think I, I heard a one giant bull getting killed in the 370s. Um, I had a buddy with the tag, and he ended up with, you know, a 330-type bull. Um but it, it, much the same. I think the big bulls were completely by themselves. The smaller bulls, you know, the 300 minus bulls were all kind of pushing cows and doing stuff like that. But the bugling was lackluster like everywhere. Well, um, looking forward, what do you have out in front of you here? Uh, I'm leaving for the strip uh, tomorrow morning. Uh, check cameras and run around up there, kind of verify probably what we already know just because we've had no moisture since before the archery hunt so uh i don't expect much change whatsoever on on new deer showing up or anything like that i mean it's just been so dry so uh with the amount of time i spent up there with my archery hunt um i i just don't expect a lot of change uh this next four or five days i'm up there um are you are you but, thinking of going up since it's been so dry just go check a few cameras look around a little bit and just see if anything's changed even though you don't think it has and then make a decision for those rifle hunters or what what you're thinking 100 percent. yeah that's it just going up to try to help these guys out with the rifle tags i have uh unfortunately for me they all had max points at drew um and they're looking for bucks that probably aren't going to be there this year um so, yeah, I want to get a good inventory on what's left. I know there's – I pretty much have a inventory on what was killed on the archery hunt, statewide tags, that type of stuff. But um, the wounding stuff, you know, we don't know what got wounded for the most part and what kind of didn't make it through. But, yeah, I just need an inventory to help these guys with a decision whether to turn the tags back in or keep them. Yeah, and, and with that decision, when you make that decision with – you know maximum points knowing that you know obviously if they turn the tag back in they they have one chance to do that with uh with the way that works um but if if you know someone's going to replace those in in other words if they turn those tags back in someone's going to get a call that hey there's there's a tag do you want it my question is for those guys that that you know get the call um what's your thoughts telling them i mean do you think there'll be some guys that get the call and they'll actually reject it and they'll go down the line yeah there there definitely will be some rejections on that it depends on how many points a guy has you know on my recommendations on to keep it um you know with your situation i mean I, I wouldn't accept the tag with the amount of points you have but somebody that's sitting at you know 10 points 11 points 8 points 5 no brainer yeah, you got to take it. You got to go up there, hope the best, kill the buck of a lifetime, whether that's 190 typical or whether that's 205 with some trash, 210 with some trash. Um, there are a couple bucks that are going to be in that 220 to 235 range. Um, but for the most part, guys that have this tag this year need to have that 190 expectation. 
um without with that if you go up there with more than that i mean it's it's you're gonna have a letdown of a hunt yeah speaking of uh expectations you know you shot that giant on the archery hunt uh, and we did a podcast on that i encourage people to go back and listen to it but have you kind of has it kind of settled in what you did you know, you know it has, but you know, unfortunately, I dropped that deer off the day I killed it, <laughs> and I have not seen it since. And I'm just biting at the bit, and that's one of the reasons I'm going up there. <laughs> I'm like, I got to get up there, and I got to get my deer. So it's sitting at uh, strip taxidermy there outside of St. George, and uh, I just can't wait to get my hands on it. But yeah, I, I've kind of crunched the numbers. I had the taxidermist put a tape on it because I thought I was crazy, and 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 the numbers are pretty much there. So, uh, I, j- I just still can't believe that deer is so big. Um, like I say, it's just, it's one of the biggest deer I've ever held, you know, score wise, I've held some bigger deer, but not, not size wise. I mean, he's just, you know, as big as they come. If, if your strip hunters end up turning their tags back, will you shift some focus to the Kayabab or 12B or some of the other units or, yeah, I've got, you know, that's the, I'm going to help out with some junior cow hunts here, I think October 9th. Um, as soon as those are over, I'll be up on the Kaibab. I've got 12A East and 12A West early guys. Um, and then I will be, well, back, back on the late 12B West, 12A West. And, uh, I've got some muzzleloader elk hunters and late elk hunters, uh, for November and December. So pretty busy. Yeah. I'll, 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 sh- I'll keep my focus off off the strip if, if they should turn it back in just because of how time consuming is it, it is on the strip um, that that obviously frees up a bunch of time to, to get a lot more scouting in and do some different hunts. How do you anticipate those um, kayabab hunts going with antler growth? what have you what are you you know what's going I on think, with the deer's growth up there? You know from what I heard on the archery hunt talking to guys uh, you know, they weren't very impressed. Now there are some great bucks up there. There's some giant bucks up there. Um, but I think the growth is down a little bit, but I think everybody's going to have a great time on the hunt. The hunt I worry about is that 12 a West hunt just because of the fire we had and we've had no moisture whatsoever. So I don't think there's going to be any green up in there. Um, 12 a East might pick up a little bit because those deer in that burned area probably moved over to 12 a East uh kind of their only option rather than bumping down to 12b west where there's no water and feed right now um so i'm guessing there's going to be a lot more deer in 12a east on the early hunt this year than there has been in previous years and then i got a email from the forest service on on the road closure stuff on on 12a west and that's going to be a real grind um i'm worried about the late hunt on 12a west just the access to it the early hunt won't be so bad but with the 22 road closed uh, the, I can't think of the number now, but the road that goes by the check station and drops down to the 22 roads closed, um, bunch of roads are closed. So your access to the winter ground, you know, for anybody that has that tag probably ought to be getting on a map and trying to figure out how to do it without getting stuck down there. If a two foot or three foot snow hits, um, you might end up down there for a month. Um, you're just not going to be able to access that winter range on the West side, from the 22 road so you're going to have to go down towards demont park or you know 15 miles so south of jacob lake and then head down do you think there's going to be some people that turn their tags back on that hunt as well i think there will um i I know of some 12b west guys that turn turned it back in i don't know why um 
but there's always something that comes up. Somebody turns tags back in. So, yeah, I think there'll be some tags turned back in. And then, you know, if guys get worried about the access on the late hunt, getting into that lower country on the west side, uh, yeah, that's going to be rough. But, you know, the 12A West, you've got that north end that borders 12B West. Um, that's going to have good access to it compared to the west side of, of 12A West. So that, that's that's going to be kind of up in the air. And I, I think in years to come, and this is just forecasting what the Kaibab's doing this year, I think there's going to be a low success rate on, on the early hunt and the late hunt just because of access. So I, I think some deer are going to survive this year and, and next year for that matter. Um, with where that fire went through and the access on the 22 road, if we get any kind of summer rains here in the future or even rains during the hunts, uh, you know, boulders, landslides, uh, washouts, I mean, all that stuff's going to come and, and access is going to just be denied. Yeah, but it could be a perfect scenario for some big bucks to really, you know, get some age on them. I agree. Yep. I, th I think completely. So I'm looking forward to it. I, I, I think the east side is going to be a little better this year with more deer just because of that fire. And the west side is going to be a little more concentrated on the hunters because of the access and the closure of, of basically where that fire was. So you're going to move all those guys that hunted in that fire in previous years and where the areas of where that fire was, um, they're going to have to move. So it's going to concentrate the hunters a little bit because it's not open yet. Yeah, sure. Well, man, thanks for the report. Uh, thanks for checking in with us. Um, congrats on your success of your big giant deer and uh, can't wait to uh, see that thing in person one of these days. And I appreciate uh, it. Yeah. Thanks for uh, keeping us up to date on what was going on and uh, we'll chat at you down the road here. All right. Take care. All right, buddy. Take care. Bye.